Have you ever wondered why there were just three crosses? Or were there just three crosses? Why not four crosses? Why not five crosses? In Roman times, there would be a place designated for crucifixion. And many of the cross uprights would be there permanently. So when it came to the crucifixion, those who were being crucified only, only, had to carry the crossbeam. The Romans, sadly, loved crucifixions. And it appears, looking in history, that many people were crucified for many insignificant crimes. So there could easily have been more than three. Matthew talks about robbers in plural. Mark and John talk about the one on the right and one on the left. But only Luke records the dialogue between the two crosses and Jesus. But for me, I'm happy to accept, like so many pictures, that there were just three crosses at this time. Because I think it's symbolic. A cross on the left, a cross on the right. You're either on the left of Christ or you're on the right of Christ. God comes between human beings. And you have to make your mind up. Which side of the cross are you going to be on? Let's have a look at those three crosses. Have the first slide, John. first cross I'd like to think of the cross of rebellion. One of the robbers used his last hours on earth to mock and to ridicule. Hey, aren't you the Christ, this so-called healer? He said. You've cured the sick. You brought demons out. You brought eyesight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. Go and save yourself. Save yourself. Save me at the same time. Prove that you're not a fake. As death approached, that robber wasn't moved at all to any form of repentance. All he was concerned about was himself. He wanted to be saved, not spiritually, physically. His focus was on the immediate and not the eternal. Doesn't that sum up so much of our world today? We focus on the immediate and not the eternal. As I said in my Opening welcome. How many people today will reflect on the cross? It wasn't that many number of years ago. There was always a Good Friday service on television. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
1830, George Wilson was convicted of a robbery in America, and he was sentenced to death. And the president of the time, President Jackson, issued a pardon. But the robber, George Wilson, refused it. And this is what the chief judge said at the time. A pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson was therefore hanged. The robber next to Jesus died in sin, unable to ask for forgiveness. The second cross is a cross of repentance. You can't see there clearly, but this is a picture of a hill in Mexico where when people die, they go and erect a cross in memory of the one who's died. It has thousands of crosses. I think this part of Good Friday, this part of the Good Friday service, is one of the most beautiful stories that we can read in the Bible. Hope in adversity. The second robber, he had no theological degree. He had no time to meet a counsellor. He had no time to start a long prayer. No time to make clean the mess of his life. But he had time enough for one thing, to say to Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. Remember me in paradise. A simple cry for salvation. He said, I'm being punished for the sins I've committed. But you, Jesus, have done nothing wrong. Please forgive me and remember me. What does that say about our lives when we're all messed up? We can approach Jesus at any time and we can ask for that forgiveness. And Jesus will say, you're forgiven. You will be with me in paradise. But I wonder what changed the robber's mind. Surely he was at panic stations. Surely he knew he was going to die. Robert was spending hours dying with Jesus. And he probably thought that Jesus would be angry. Jesus would say something about uh, how unfair it was. But I think the thing that changed this robber's mind most of all was the words that Jesus said. Father, forgive them. If an innocent man was hanging on the cross and could say, Father, forgive them, then this robber must have seen something very, very special. Yes, this robber still paid for his life. He still died a physical death. But he found the promise of everlasting life. For everyone, it's never too late to ask for forgiveness.
it's never too late to ask Jesus into your life. We often hear conversations about people who are dying. Have they gone to heaven? Have they not gone to heaven? We're not privy to know the conversations or the thoughts that that person has with Jesus. But I'm quite convinced there are many robbers who at the last moment have said, Father, forgive me. And they're now living with Christ in heaven. The third cross, the cross of salvation. Where Jesus died for sin. All sin on Jesus, but no sin in him. Jesus never sinned, he never disobeyed, he fulfilled his calling. He bore the sins of the world as the Lamb of God. This is what Peter says in his letter. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he died, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusts himself to one who judges justly. By his wounds, you have been healed. Yes, Jesus could have come down off the cross, but he had to prove his love. And he proved that love by staying on the cross to the very bitter end. The last words that Jesus uttered on that cross were, It is finished. It is finished. The Greek manuscript just has one word. Teleo. Teleo. Meaning fulfilled. Meaning accomplished. But I think it also has a deeper meaning. A meaning of payment. When Jesus uttered those words, it is finished. He was saying... It's over for me. But the debt has been paid. The outstanding bill has been paid in full. On the cross, Jesus declared, Teleo, I've done it. I've completed what my father wanted me to do. I paid the price in full. You and I are no longer in debt. Our bank account is in credit. I'm very fearful of the future. I shouldn't be. I trust God for the future. But we seem to have lost the centrality of the cross in our Christian faith. And if we don't accept it and we don't begin to proclaim it, we are going to lose so much in years to come. Oswald Chambers said, All heaven is interested in the cross. All hell is terribly afraid of it. But men and women are the only beings who more or less ignore its meanings. The cross is a symbol of our Christian faith. We see it in our churches. We wear it around our necks. 
We stick it on the back of our cars. But so often, so often I think we forget the true meaning, the true reality. I had a cross in my pocket as a sign, a chain around my neck for all to see. But then I caught a glimpse of Calvary's cruel tree, and now that cross means so much more to me. There's an old rugged cross in my soul, and it's been there since Jesus made me whole. If I had 10 million years to praise him, I'd still fall short of the old rugged cross. The three trees, the story of the three trees, had a bearing on the life of Christ. Now we have three crosses that have a bearing on our lives. Three crosses that portray you and me. They all portray what is important today. You can either mock or you can ask for forgiveness and seek that salvation which is given to you today. Just for two or three minutes, I want us to be stern and to quiet. I'm going to play a CD from Stainless Crucifixion called God So Loved the World. And either close your eyes or focus on the cross. And if you haven't seen it, there's a picture down here which is in the other hall. What has God ever done for me?